Bibles tonight, Psalm 23. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. And we're looking at this familiar passage here in Psalm 23. And if you have your Bibles there, the Bible says in verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And tonight we come to verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You look at this psalm here. What does it mean when the Bible says that we are walking through the shadow of death, the valley of the shadow of death? As God's children... And I mentioned this morning, and if you study the Word of God, we as believers, we can find comfort at the time of death. Why? Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We step into the presence of God when we step out of this life and into the afterlife, the eternal life, as the Bible oftentimes refers to it. And when you, when you get to this matter of death, it's always interesting what people's thoughts and ideas are. I remember as a kid, uh, as a teenager, when I was in high school, and of course, I grew up uh, going to a Catholic school, and my senior year in high school, uh, they, they had one class that you took the first half of the year and one class that you took the second half of the year and so the first class at the beginning of the year was on marriage. They had an entire half of a year that they taught the seniors about marriage. And the second half of the year, your senior year, it was about death. And so I thought, so are they saying that you get married and you die? I didn't really know how to take that. But I know growing up with that kind of a background that death really didn't have a positive or a good connotation. Uh, many times when it came to death and dying, even my own sisters tried to shield their children from uh, when someone passed away that they knew and going to the funeral or going to the funeral home, they chose to keep their kids away from that. You know, folks, look. Dying is a reality. We oftentimes don't want to think about it, but we all know we're not going to live forever. Now, what matters is, do we know Christ? Because we are going to live on in eternity somewhere, according to the Word of God. But for some people, when they think about death, this, as the Bible mentions here, the shadow of death, they seem to think that it is there's some sort of darkness that we go through at the time of dying. That's, that's their thought. But that's not really what the Bible, the Word of God, teaches. Matter of fact, look what it says there in 1 John 1, 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him, talking about Jesus, and we declare it unto you. Here's the message, that God is, what's that next word? God's light. Now look at the rest of the verse. And in him, in God is no darkness at all. So when you look at the Word of God, what the Bible teaches, 
that there's no darkness when it comes to God. Well, if dying for the Christian is stepping into the presence of God, then this whole concept of going through some sort of darkness at the time of dying is not a biblical concept. A lot of times people don't understand that. Psalm 23 is a very familiar psalm to many, many people. Why? Because it's probably read more at the time of dying than any other time to bring comfort to those that may be passing on. See, it mentions here the shadow of death. If there is a shadow, and you know this to be true, if there is a shadow, then the sun must be shining somewhere to create that shadow. What a great thought tonight. That, that oftentimes we think about how Jesus, the Son of God, is the light. That there is always light. There is no darkness in God at all. The Bible does not teach that at the time of death that some sort of sudden veil of darkness is going to come over us. The word shadow here actually implies, listen to this, the approaching of something. That's what it, that's what it really is saying here. In other words, there's a nearness of something, that we're getting closer to something. And the psalmist writes, David says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Did you hear what he wrote there? All scriptures give my inspiration of God. So God gives us the word here, and he says, Yea, though I walk through. In other words, the psalmist is implying here that I've not yet reached death yet. But the reality is, even though I haven't reached it yet, I know it's coming. I, I know it's out there. See, death really is a mystery to many people. Uh, years ago, I had the privilege of hearing what I consider to be one of the great men of God preach his last message. Of course, I heard other messages that he had preached, but Dr. Curtis Hudson, who really did a, a great uh his ministry was mightily used of the Lord. And towards the end of his life, God chose to allow Dr. Hudson to, to have cancer. And of course, as he went through this battle with cancer, he was uh, dwindling down in size, and yet he never lost uh, his spirit, the right spirit, the right attitude. And uh, one of his preacher friends, of course, he had many of them, but one of his friends asked him if he was afraid of dying. They said, Dr. Hudson, are you afraid of dying? Which, honestly, I, I found it hard to believe that one preacher asked another preacher this question, but he asked him. And Dr. Hudson, it is said that he looked at his friend with a smile on his face. When he was asked if he was afraid of dying, he says, well, I don't know. I've never done it before. In other words, I, I don't know what to expect. But I watched Dr. Hudson, and of course I wasn't there when he took his last breath, but I do know this, that God did give him the grace that he needed to go through that. I have seen others, other Christians that have gone through that. And it's a great reminder to us in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Dr. Hudson, when he made that statement, and of course, the way he lived his life all the way to the end. One of the things, the stories that was relayed about Dr. Hudson was that, and I miss, miss Lynn will appreciate this, is that Dr. Hudson, uh, there were very few things that really were a blessing to him. Uh, of course, a lot of people were, but he couldn't really eat much the farther he got into the cancer. 
that they said one of his favorite treats was M&M's. And they said that they would give him a bag of M&M's, but he would just eat one M&M. And he would keep them there on the table. And, and he would he kind of line them up, and the nurses would come in, and they'd start to talk to him about those M&M's. And he would go from M&M's to talking to them about the Lord. And they, the testimony was Dr. Hudson, in his last weeks and months of his life, led many nurses to Jesus Christ while he was still on this earth. He was a great soul winner, had the right spirit, the right attitude. Even when it came to this matter of death, Dr. Hudson was confident in what Jesus said about death in the Word of God. And we need to be the same way. Notice what Jesus, it says here in Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, about the Lord Jesus. I am he that liveth, and notice, was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. I love that verse there. And it goes on to say that he has the keys of hell and of death. Hey, what a, what a great thing. What a comfort to us to know that Jesus, even though, yes, he was crucified, and yes, he was placed in that tomb, that three days later, up from the grave, he arose, and he is alive today, interceding for us, and he has the keys of hell and of death. Look, no doubt that uh, death is a mystery, but death is not a time of darkness. What death really is, is it's a divider. When you think about death, it divides us from things in our lives that really hold no meaning. You know, you really start to put things into perspective the closer you get to death. The things that used to mean so much. The things that you've spent your whole life trying to accumulate. I believe it was Miss Lynn this morning that actually said, listen, we, if I don't use something and it's good, I, I give it away. My wife and I, we've been doing this for a while. Just things that we have that are still nice that we, we realize somebody else can use that, we'll just give it to them. You know, it's, it's amazing how things don't matter the closer we get to this matter of, of leaving this life and going on to eternal life, the, the thought of death, this matter of leaving here, I really believe that it helps us to put into perspective what is really important. That's what death becomes. It helps us that before we cross over to establish the right priorities in life. But can I say tonight, listen, whether you are getting close or whether you still have a long time to live. And of course, none of us know the day nor the hour. I think it's a, a testimony to the Word of God that we ought to all have the right priorities. Don't wait until the end of your life to decide to do things that would please God. So I want you to look tonight at this one verse here, verse number four. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Notice, first of all, with me tonight, the certainty of death. The certainty of death. Look, if the Lord doesn't come back soon, and I pray that he does. My wife uh, saw, I guess, something popped up before we came in here. Uh, 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 North Carolina had a 5.1 earthquake. North Carolina. I mean, I don't know, Miss Becky, it's probably pretty rare for North Carolina to have an earthquake, especially one that size. And, and listen, if the Lord doesn't come back, Soon, we are all going to step through death's door. Every last one of us, 
Look what it says. I love this book, Ecclesiastes chapter number 3, just a portion of that great chapter. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die. That's what the Bible says. Death may, may come suddenly. It may come as the result of maybe some lingering illness that we've had for many, many years. Death may come by way of maybe a car accident or some other type of accident. But look, it's certain that death is coming. We have to understand that it is inescapable. We can't do anything about the fact that one day we all are going to die. The Bible says, I mentioned this morning, Hebrews 9, 27, it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Years ago, I had a friend, I still have him as a great friend. He's actually been here to our church, and uh, he, he decided to do something uh, that, that really was a visual for uh, his life, and so what he did was he, he got two jars, and he put them on his, his uh, I think, his dresser in his bedroom, and he filled the one. He actually took the time. Now, this was years ago. I don't know how many years ago. And he put marbles. I borrowed Miss Becky's, whatever these are. She's looking at me like, Pastor, you have my decorating stuff. But he put a marble, I think it was for every week of his life, he counted out if he lived to a certain age. And he put them all in one jar. And then what he's done since then is every week or however he does it, he takes one out and puts it in that jar. And he just keeps doing that every week of his life. And, and, and what's happened is he has more in this jar now than he had in this jar. Now, don't do that if it'll depress you, all right? But he's been doing that. I, I did a little math when I was thinking about that. And, and I, this is the math that I came up with. I'll be 57 years old next month. I know I don't look like it, but I am. And, and I was thinking about this. If you take 57 years and you times that by 365 days, you come up with 20,805 days. If I live to be 70 years of age, three score and 10, the Bible talks about, three score and 10, 70 years times 365 is 25,550 days. So if you take the 25,550 days and you take what I've already lived, which is 20,805 days, you are left with 4,000 745 days. That means if I live to be 70, 18.5% of my life is what's left. It kind of puts things into perspective. You know, because I think a lot of us live as if we're going to live forever. That we're invincible. But one thing is certain that one day this life that we're living now will be over. And the Bible teaches us the certainty of death. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The psalmist says, I'm not there yet. You know, maybe he's taking marbles out and doing something like my friend does. And we see the certainty of death. But watch this. Even though death is certain, we can find comfort in death. 
Because as we think about being God's children, we can, even at a time of dying, we can find great comfort. Certainly, I've seen the difference between an unsaved person that's dying and a saved person that's dying. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. I would much rather be at the bedside of a saint than to be at the bedside of an unsaved person. I've seen some people get very angry, very hostile, very difficult to deal with in those dying days. Look, many times uh, we find here that, that we don't find comfort in, in the things. We, we've discovered that the older we get, the comfort doesn't come in those things. But I'll tell you where we can find comfort. It's not in things, it's in a person. And that person is our shepherd. We're talking about here in Psalm 23, the Lord. Comfort does not come from, from what we have. Comfort does not come from who we are. Comfort does not come from what we've done in our lives. Our comfort is found as Christians in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are comforted to know that he is with us. Look at the verse again. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. The wonderful thing to know that we don't have to cross over by ourselves. Wonderful to think about who's waiting for us there. The Bible says that he is with us. And I think about how the Bible tells us we can have this comfort. Look at Romans 8, verse 35. The question is posed, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And notice, shall tribulation or distress, persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things. The Bible says we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded, notice what Paul writes here. This wasn't just his testimony. This ought to be every one of us as Christians. We too ought to be confident, persuaded, look at it, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a comfort. Nothing can separate us from the Lord. The psalmist literally is saying here that when death comes upon me, he says, I I'm not going to fear. Why? Because my shepherd, my Lord, is with me. There's a comfort in death. And we have to consider that when God is there, as we already saw in 1 John 1, 5, that when God is there, there's no darkness. Because the Bible says there's no darkness in Him. That He is the light. And there is another wonderful promise in the Word of God that we should also consider. And you should know this verse, Hebrews 13, 5. The Bible says, let your conversation, your lifestyle, the way you're living, be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. How in the world? Listen, the question many times people think is, how can I be content with what I have? Well, it says it right there. For he has said that he will never leave us nor forsake us. There's comfort in that. I have friends that, that honestly, I didn't unfriend them. 
but they really don't want anything to do with me. They, they don't want to be around me anymore, and sometimes I can't blame them. But, but the truth is, is that we never have to worry about the Lord. Why? Because he, he says that if we are his sheep, that he knows us, and he says, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. And listen, I don't know about you tonight, but every day of my life, that is one great comfort to me that nothing is going to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. You see, what a great thought tonight. The answer to contentment, what is it? That we have Jesus. If you have Jesus, you have everything. It doesn't get any better than that, folks. To know the Lord, to have the Lord in our lives. And when you and I, when we get to that time in our life, when we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, when we're going through that in our lives, what is important is not what, but who we know. And who is with us during that time. And listen, there is great comfort when it comes to this matter of death. And listen, as we look at this, God has promised that he'll be with us. He'll never leave us, the Bible says. And for the child of God, death will not be a time of darkness and a time of separation. It will be really the time that we'll be with the Lord. We'll meet the Lord. Look, even if the Lord comes back to rapture us out, the Bible says we're going to meet him in the air. But remember what Jesus said? He says, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And then he says that where I am, there ye may be also. What a comfort to know that he is preparing a place for us that we can find sweet comfort in death. Why? Because we will be in the presence of God. You see, the certainty of death, look, it's inescapable. But as death does come in our life, we can find comfort in a time of death. Why? Because notice thirdly, we know the conqueror of death. I I love this thought here, how the shepherd is leading his sheep. And notice again in verse number four, where is he leading them? Through the valley of the shadow of death. I sat there and thought about that. Now remember, God doesn't do anything evil in our lives. God will not harm us or hurt us. But yet everything he does is for our good. And the Bible says here that we are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And he is with us. He is leading us through this valley. And as as his sheep, as we go through this valley, we are not going through this valley to stay there. Did you hear me tonight? We're not going through the valley of the shadow of death to stay there for the sheep as they would go through the valley. And if you've ever been in one, you know that that those valleys oftentimes are a place where you find water. They're a place that oftentimes there's vegetation, there's nourishment, there's, there's green areas where the sheep can graze there in the valley because Oftentimes on the mountain, they might not find the nourishment there. Hey, look, there there were benefits to going through these valleys to get the water, to get the food. They had to go through the valley of the shadow of death. But remember, as the shepherd is leading the sheep there, the shepherd's not guessing where he should take the sheep, where he will take them next. And that's one thing that shepherds oftentimes would do is, they would, they would have to make sure that there was food and water for the sheep. 
And as he was leading them, he would lead them through this place, not wondering where he would find good ground, because the truth is the shepherd had already been there. The shepherd knew where to take them because he had been there and he had already been back. He knew exactly where to lead the sheep. Look what the Bible says in John 10, 4. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, notice these words, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. He goeth before them. He knows where we are headed. You think Jesus, how he came to this earth, and he lived among men, and he never sinned in his life here on this earth, and Jesus was crucified and Jesus rose and he ascended and he says, listen, where I am, there you may be. He is coming back one day. And the Bible tells us that he's already been there. He knows where we are heading. And look, many times in our lives, just like my sister with her kids, we tend to, when it comes to this matter of death, to suppress the thought of death until we're actually forced to have to deal with it. And then we have to deal with this matter of death. But when I look in the Word of God and I think about our lives as Christians, you know what death really should be? Death really should be a motivation for us. Death should be something that is powerful in our lives. It should be something that helps us on a daily basis with our walk with the Lord. Because listen, none of us, I, th I was thinking about Pastor Clevenger. I'm sure he could have never imagined that he was going to step out of this life and into eternity at such a young age. But that's what God had for him. And I'm sure, just as I read his son's post that he posted, he said, I want to make sure that, that I do with my son and any other children God gives me. I do with them like my dad did with me. And he began to talk about it how he was going to pray with them at night, and how he was going to teach them about God. Hey, listen, it sounds to me like Pastor Clevenger understood the right priorities in life, that he wanted to teach his children to love God, to know God, as we talked about this morning. And when I think about this fact here, how that death ought to motivate us, look, many times I think that parents fail by not teaching their children about death. And listen, we don't have to dwell on it. You don't have to make it a bad thing, but the reality is there that someday that children are going to have to understand that, 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 listen, grandma or grandpa or whoever it may be is no longer with us. They're with the Lord. We don't have to dwell on death. Why? Because we have the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We certainly can teach them. And again, that's a parent's prerogative, but I do believe that it is something we need to teach how that the Lord is our deliverer, that as according to the word of God we read earlier, that he's already conquered death, hell, and the grave. And, and again, I think that as we're younger in life, we tend to think that we're going to live forever. But when we live that way, when you live like, hey, listen, I, I don't know, I, I've got so many years. What happens when we live that way is this. We make many bad decisions. Because we think we've got forever. But see, when you put life into perspective, the brevity of life, again, we have no idea how long, but God uses death to cause us to realize that life is but a vapor. We have no idea. But God also helps us to understand what we should be doing 
with the life that he's given to us. Aren't you glad God saved you? Does the thought ever cross your mind like it does mine? That there are still many people in this world that don't know Christ as their Savior? That if they step from this life to the next life, that they would spend it for all eternity without the Lord. See, we ought to all have a burden for the lost. When we think about death, we tend to think about those that will be separated from God for all of eternity. What's the cure for, for, what's the cure for sin? The blood of Jesus. Jesus' blood washes away our sins, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And, and as, as a Christian, we ought to be looking for the Lord's return. I love this song, psalm here. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now, even if the Lord doesn't come back soon, we still have hope. Why? Because we have Jesus. I love the thought here about how our hope uh, look, as much as we ought to be looking forward to the coming of the Lord, I think we ought to be looking more forward to not the second coming of the Lord, but the Lord of the second coming. We ought to be looking forward to the day that we will be united with him. There was a time after Jesus rose and he spent some time with the ten, and of course when he was there, the one that was missing was Thomas. And Jesus, of course, showed him his hands and showed him his side, and all of them were just amazed and, and remembered what he had told them was going to happen. And then Jesus appeared to the 11. This time Thomas was with him. Remember Thomas, oftentimes we call him the doubter. Of course, I think many of us would be just like Thomas, but the Bible says in John 20, look at verse 24. Thomas, one of the 12, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again his disciples were within, and Thomas was with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, stood in the midst and said, Peace, notice that, peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless. The Lord knew Thomas. He says, Thomas, look, I know you're struggling with this. He says, be not faithless, but believing. The Lord took this opportunity. And I love the way he dealt with Thomas, the way he deals with me and all of us as his children, as his sheep. He dealt tenderly with Thomas. Oh, he could have let Thomas have it. But he appears there. He didn't have to do that. But when, when Thomas heard him speak, Thomas said these words, my Lord. In my God. Thomas didn't have to see the prince in his hands. Thomas didn't have to thrust his hand in his side because he heard those words. 
But notice what Jesus said to him in verse 29, and really all of them were there. But Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. He said, blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. They that have not seen. Have you seen the Lord physically? I haven't. I've never physically laid my eyes on the Lord. Now, I've seen Him spiritually. The Lord has manifested Himself many times to me as I've been in the Word of God and as God's been dealing with me and God has shown Himself strong in my life. But unlike Thomas, I've never seen the Lord. I've never seen His hands and His side. But even though I've never seen Him, I can say with all confidence tonight, I believe. I believe. Do you believe? Jesus said, blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. I believe tonight that, yes, Jesus conquered death. He conquered hell and the grave. According to the Bible, he has the keys. And it's important that we tonight understand that, yes, death is certain, but even though it is, we can find comfort in a time of dying. Why? Because the Lord is with us. He is the conqueror of death. Wonderful thought here tonight because he has promised, and I hope that you never forget this promise. What did he say? He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake me. And do you know that that promise holds true in the valley of the shadow of death? Let's bow our heads tonight. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your presence in our lives. And I thank you that we can find great comfort. There are those here tonight with us and those listening by way of live stream that already have loved ones that are with you. Certainly we miss them. But we have great comfort to know from the scriptures that they are with you. They're not lost. We know exactly where they are. And Lord, we're thankful that we can have eternal life through Jesus. But Lord, I pray tonight for those that do not know you as Savior. Lord, right now, many of us are probably thinking of someone that we know, a co-worker, a neighbor, a family member, a friend, that doesn't know Christ as their Savior. That if this was their last day on this earth, they would not step into your presence, but rather they would be without you for all of eternity. And I pray that this thought tonight from Psalm 23, verse 4, would be a great motivating aspect in our lives to help us to realize the duty, the responsibility, the command that we have from you to be witnesses unto you in Jerusalem and in Judea and all Samaria unto the uttermost part of the earth. Lord, thank you that you have conquered 
death, hell, and the grave. And Lord, we have the victory tonight because of you. Yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we have nothing to fear because there's no darkness in you at all. You're with us. Lord, you're with us in this life. You're meeting here tonight with us. And when we step out of this life, you will be with us still. Thank you for the comfort that we have with that tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.